nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. My name's Devin. I'm here with uh, Seth, as always. Seth, say hi. Hey there. And uh, today we're going to discuss the Austin FC 2, Real Sandy, I mean Rio Tinto, I mean Salt Lake uh, 1 away game. And uh, Seth, what are kind of your initial takeaways? Whew, like nice sigh of relief there. Like it was uh, after Tuesday night's disaster of a performance, the guys came back out, were focused. I mean, two incredible golazos from outside the box. Um Defense mostly hung in there, created a bunch of chances in, the, in an open match, and it was really encur- really encouraging performance. Yeah, I think definitely the way they came out and were hustling from the get-go, and obviously the early goal helps everything. Um, but uh, after Tuesday, especially like after Salt Lake kind of pings one back, I was a little worried we were going to fold a little bit. But um, I think it, most of the team, pretty much everybody looked great throughout the game. Um, Even the people who maybe didn't have as good of a game as some others, um, they were putting in the hard yards. They were running fast. They were, it was the complete opposite of the uh, effort levels on Tuesday, let's say. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, if we look at it, I actually, there's a case to be made that the pitch in the Dominican Republic was actually better than the pitch that we paid on last night. I mean, it had been snowing a bunch in Utah over the last few days. And it was obviously cleared off because it had gotten above freezing there. But like that field was not in good shape last night. And that was, um, I was impressed that we got out of there without any injuries. Yeah, that's always a plus, especially this early in the season. And I mean, it looked choppy, but like playable. And uh, I think they said it was 34 at kickoff. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, And I mean, just even little things that you don't think about, (laughs) kind of like running into a guy that you normally uh, shake off in 10 seconds that lingers longer. And uh, the cold definitely gets to you, especially if you're uh, not used to the weather. Yeah, and what's interesting is like Austin FC has actually played pretty well in its limited amount of cold matches. Uh, look at it. I mean, Cincinnati last year was the coldest match at home, and that was a 5-0 win. Uh, you had this one. Um, the, um, I mean, I guess one of the case, uh, the Colorado second match in 2021 was kind of cold, but that one I don't blame due to the cold. I blame that due to the similar situations that we faced in the Dominican. When you play a rotated lineup, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. If it's a rotated lineup that hasn't played together, they're probably not going to do well. Yeah, and the other one you were thinking of is the last home game of 2021 against uh, Sporting KC. Yeah, that is another one. That is correct. Or um, I actually was sitting next to some Kansas City folks and kind of chatting because obviously we had nothing to play for. And then I guess we knocked him out of a home playoff spot um, and uh, they were not happy about that. So, yeah. And then they went and lost in the first round of, or second round of the playoffs that year, but they did, yeah. they had a, they had a chance to move on further than they did and did not take advantage of that. So we got to play a little bit of spoiler in the cold weather, but hey, um, that is, we will see. I mean, it's good to know that this year playoffs don't really get going till a little later in October and into November. So maybe we'll be lucky enough to get some like Thanksgiving or later um, postseason games in Austin. Yeah, that would be great, uh, especially getting out of the house around Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, it's always kind of nice, you know, 60, 70 degrees here. And um, yeah, it'll be good. Uh, as long as we're playing, I think I'm happy. Yeah, that is, we're, as long as we're playing, guys are staying healthy, we have a shot to win a match, I'm, I'm not going to be complaining. Well, speaking of shots to win matches, um, yeah. 
John Gallagher put for I I don't know if that's better than the Driussi one in the opener, but that's up there for a goal of the season talk already. Um, I, I think the way that Driussi one like his touch on that one still puts that above either of the goals last night, but I think the two goals last night probably go two and three so far in our season. Yeah, um, I mean a nice drive in off the wing, and I've noticed we've been letting him do that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of come in off the wing more, and then Rigoni or somebody else will kind of take the outside that the back would have taken, which is nice. Yeah. Um, that we're still playing a functional kind of switch slots there, and um, they'll just kind of, you know, some teams will sit off, and Gallagher will kind of say, well, he used to be a striker, guys, and run in. And, I mean, I don't know if we always have kind of like a a, a weak foot um, banger right underneath the bar in the corner, because the keeper was there. If that shot's yeah. not perfect, it gets saved. Yeah. Um, but, Will, that was a good way to start the evening. It was like we needed an early goal, especially after, especially getting ready for a match on Tuesday. Well, that may or may not happen. We'll cover that later in the podcast. Yep. But it is, you need, like, you needed that confidence because let's not face it, so many times last year we went down in the first 15 minutes. It almost got to be a joke how often it was happening. And just after getting crushed on Tuesday night, building up that confidence with the early goal made it easier to stand even when we did give up the equalizer there. It's like, okay. We can create something. This midfield is creating opportunities. Well, I think it's easier too in kind of like a hostile environment like uh, Salt Lake because we're probably fine getting out of there with a draw. Yeah. So you get one and it's almost like having uh, a two goal lead in a sense because you're like, okay, well, we can, you know, give up one and we would still like to win, but we're still going to take what we would like out of here. Yeah. Um, any comments on the equalizer? Um, the equalizer there, um, that's a play that you really want. Like th- That shows you the difference between having Al- – even though Alex Ring and Leo Weissenden played really well last night, a uh, play like that is where you want – and set pieces on both ends, frankly, is where you want someone like Julio Cascante. I'm not saying that he necessarily stops that goal per se, but it is an um, environment there where you where Alex Ring cannot provide the same level of coverage that a real center back can. No, and uh, the broadcasters kept highlighting it, too, that, you know, maybe we should step out and put more pressure on the ball there. And that's probably true, but I didn't think it was, you know, the BL and all there's like, you know, we gave them all day to pick out somebody. It was still kind of like a weird, you know, headed back in and then shot and then Stuber still almost gets there with a great reaction save. It was still kind of like a, a greasy goal. Yeah, and, and those happen. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, especially yeah, but, in road games in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, if you start looking through it, I actually, I, I should, we're doing more vibes and feelings on this podcast today, which is against my MO, um, even if it's usually the MO of the podcast. But I actually had to just pull up the XG from last night, which is obviously a very imperfect measure. But they did give us 1.26, which is kind of shocking, considering that our two goals were probably generated from like a 0.1 XG combined. Yeah, but then we have to talk about the uh, Rigoni, and uh, I don't remember if Zardes actually had a shot that he didn't score, but there was one on a rebound that he maybe could have gotten yeah. to. Yeah, we no, had another... there, there were definitely other opportunities there. That is, um, that is how it, that is how it goes at this point, where it's like, okay, you, you have to finish the, you have to finish the chances you have. Yeah, and I mean, if you looked uh, in this great run Manchester United had for a while, uh, they were scoring like two three goals on like 0. 0.4 or something like that a game because Marcus Rashford would get two touches and they would end up going in the back of the net yeah uh, so it's not unheard of on like a short game to game burst basis but uh, it's something we definitely want to keep those numbers up throughout the season 
Yeah. Uh, you get more chances, you get more luck, you get more accidental goals, and we have Chelsea Sardes. So, yes. Um, we did have another uh, kind of classic of the Rigoni has all day in front of goal, kind of just hits it. I mean, he hit it hard, but uh, no, he hit it, it hard, and it got like that. That ball was going on. I mean, he beat the keeper on it. Like it was just that the fender got right there. Yeah. Like that is like those those things are going to happen from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. I, are we thinking this is a trend or is this going to be like a, you know, we need to get him a penalty, get him a goal and uh, yeah. get his confidence up and we'll uh, open the floodgates. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that there is just like this theory that it's going to like, oh, my God, he's going to score one and then he's going to score like six goals in seven matches. I don't think that's going to. I do think he will score one and um, what, what you call it. I, I think that he's going to get to a point here where it's not going to be like it rains, it pours here. Yeah, he'll get one from time to time here, but I don't think he's going to be a 10 to 15 goal guy a year, which is disappointing for a DP winger in the sense. But if he can create, if he's hustling, if he's creating assists, if he's creating opportunities in the system, I'm fine with that. Even if he's not the game changer that a lot of people want. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's contributing, but if he's the one that all the chances are falling, falling to, we've got to put him away. Yeah. Um, and we'll go to everybody else's favorite uh, current concern, uh, Jossie, who I actually thought played pretty well last night. Yeah. Uh, he was running down balls. He was active in the attack. I still think him and Drew, are kind of feeling each other out a little bit um, on not taking up the same spots on, you know, maybe how they're connecting a little bit better. But um, I thought he was moving a lot better and he was a little more involved and maybe it's just a, a matter of time until everything clicks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know. Uh, like you get to a point there, like, and yes, I, I think that there will be a moment where he gets more confidence, but I don't think we should be setting up for it. I, I just think that there is this unfair expectation that he is just going to rain goals once it starts happening. And I just don't think that's that's where we're at. No, and I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about, and the chatter's been going around the fan base. Uh, we were not playing great at the end of last year, so if we want to flip what we did and kind of play how we did the end of last year, the beginning of this year, and then take... Uh, you know, the beginning of last year and put it into the end of this year. So we're hot going into the playoffs. That's fine with me. Like, take a little bit to get acclimated. Yeah. And like, this team has six points through three matches in the league. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like uh, I watched the opening match for Seattle and I thought they were just going to own the universe, but uh, it doesn't look like that's even going to happen. So, I mean, we're in a good spot. And I mean, you know, St. Louis City may make the playoffs or have a decent season, but I don't think anybody thinks they're, you know, going to end up at the top of the table by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the second goal, which I thought was a little indicative of kind of how we beat Real Salt Lake most of the night. So yeah. there's some some action in midfield. We end up winning the ball, and then they just set off and let Owen run in because I guess they didn't think he was a danger. Um, nice shot. I think the keeper's unsighted a little bit, but, you know, good power. It's high. It's in a good spot. It's not the exact corner, but it's in the kind of side part of the goal. And uh, a teen wolf becomes a man wolf. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, I mean, he scored a goal that was not quite exactly the same, but from a similar outside-the-box position against Inter-Miami in the final preseason match of the season. So we knew he had something like this in him, but I was 
getting there was that creeping feeling in the back of your head that oh my gosh the Owen goal against Miami is going to be Tomas Pochettino on the free kick against Houston <laughs> all over again and you're like no Owen is an 18 year old that is going to be playing in Europe in a year or two uh, we have to enjoy him while he while he's still here because he has frankly too much talent to be here in MLS as an 18 year old at this point yeah and I mean he's still developing there are points where you can see him in a game where he'll you know, miss an assignment or he's in the wrong spot or it's just part of learning a game, especially in central midfield, which is not an easy position to be um, 18 and playing. Um, But yeah, I think this one's a little different than the inter one. That one's a little more of a curler. This is a little more of a power strike. And I mean, I guess you could say if the keeper sees it a little better, he should get there. But I think that's taken something away from Owen on a a great moment for him. Did you see the celebration after the game between uh, Josh and Owen? That was weird. Right, I'm not you making know, this like, up. Like pinching your ear, like what? Like yeah, that was weird. But um, like I mean, but... whatever. You're, I mean, it, he's they are now the eighth uh, father son combo to score in MLS history, which is kind of amazing that they're it's now eight in only what 27 years into the league. Yeah, uh, can you name the other seven? I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just curious if you can. No, I, I can't off the top of my head. But if I start thinking through it, it's like I could probably get a few of them by the end of the podcast. But I am not going to go Google it to go figure that out. No. Uh, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, after the game, you know, father congratulates son on his first uh, professional goal. Basically, uh, Josh basically comes up behind Owen, gives him like a half bear hug from behind kind of like wriggles his ear and it looks like he like licks the side of his face, which I guess for a wolf would be normal, but it's kind of weird for um, a professional athlete family. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Hey, you know, whatever, as long as Josh can lick his son's face, as long as he wants if Owen scores every game, how about that? Yeah. And it's a point of like, you can only like, I think about this for Josh. I mean, this is his third year, obviously, coaching Austin FC, but he's probably gotten to become a lot closer to Owen in his professional journey than he has to his older son, Tyler, who um, was at Atlanta United and um, has been in Belgium now. Like, I can only imagine, like, we, we don't often talk about the human side of this, but, like, as a father getting to see your son, like, be that close to the development where you don't get this for another son who's also a remarkably talented player is, I, I can imagine it was just a really, really special moment for Josh then. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if um, not being the oldest, there's a little bit of, oh, well, I can't believe I missed all this stuff with Tyler. I'm definitely not going to miss it with Owen type of feeling in there. I'm sure there is some of that as well. Yeah. Uh, no Verde on uh, Wolf yesterday, by the way. Yeah, um it's a question of, I mean, he didn't wear any in the Dominican either. Um, it was, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the sea foam's a little close to that um, goldish color from our, and also like it was cold. Like, I don't think he has a verde puffy coat. I mean, he works for the club. They can get him one if he requests one, but. Yeah, uh, but I just... haven't seen the, um, I guess like, we. my guess is that for the, what, two cold matches a year that we're playing, um, that I, I don't see them buying a whole new line of the bomber coats that you see in the EPL and in Germany. Now, what we need to do is do like a full bright Verde uh, Arsene Wenger sleeping bag coat. Yeah. And then we can just buy some for all of the fans. And then whenever they travel to a cold weather destination, they can just sort of like check one out and rent it. Yeah. There you go. The club would definitely be on board for that because it totally makes them a ton of money, right? 
Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a huge demand for that in the uh, tropical climate of Austin, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, like two times a year, we'd have like uh, 10 of them and everybody would try to rent them out. Uh, the two times a year gets super cold. Yeah. Um, I guess it never really gets super cold, but uh, it gets chilly. Yes. So you want to talk about the red card? Uh, or the not red card? The not red card. And I, I think it was the right decision there. Um, as I was looking back through that, like that is a, I was surprised when the red was initially given there. Yes, it's a studs up challenge. But it, I didn't find it to be egregious. Okay, see, I saw that differently as more of like a, he's going in with two feet, that's a big no-no, and then he kind of scissors him at the end. And I thought the kind of like little extra motion was why he got the straight red. And if you kind of like just play that for me and I have no investment in it, I'm probably going to go, yeah, that's an orange card. Um, but I was a little surprised that after they gave it on the field, that was yeah. overturnable because the ref saw it clearly. I don't know what he saw in the replay that changed his mind. Yeah. Um, as you, I, I think the question is, was Danny's leg, how much was Danny acting in that versus how much was he really hit? Yeah. And I wonder too, if seeing Danny pop back up right after he gets the red card and he kind of goes to the video monitor and I know they're not supposed to look at it that way, but they're humans. Um, it, they look at things that way. Yeah, maybe that factors into his decision because um, maybe we need to get Felipe back and do some extra shit housing classes for Danny just to be like, no, stay down until he confirms the red card. Yeah, um, you'll get a nice rest, anyways. <laughs> yeah, like there, there is some logic that needs to be done in that world. Yeah, but I mean that gets a little bit of momentum for Real Salt Lake. But I mean they didn't create. There were kind of half chances, but there weren't a ton of things the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, Stuver made a couple nice saves, um, but it wasn't I, – I mean, RSL is a team that could – I mean, like, they, they, they're fast. Like, I was definitely impressed with their speed in the match, but they don't have a killer number nine that is just going to come at, like, anyone who's like, oh, my gosh, I'm scared of this dude. Uh, there was no one on that roster that made me do that. No, the uh, I think they said he was kind of a newer player to the league. I think it was Gomez on the right wing he had some flash, and he looked really good for a while. Um, obviously, you know, give him a month or two, and he's going to be doing great things. I think. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Gomez and Jefferson Savarino there as combos like that is those are two of the fa- like they're fast, but they're not the killer number nine. No. And I mean, I guess is that what Rubin's supposed to be in there to to do? Yeah, but he's like sort of like a poor man's Maxi Rudy at that point. Yeah, okay. like I, I just wasn't super impressed with him um, in that setup yesterday. Yeah, um, he looked a little lost, like he wanted somebody to pass to instead of balls to run onto a little bit more. Yeah, um, and, and obviously there's a- nobody quite running in behind him as much. Kind of that like trailing ten that we have. Yeah. That they need to figure this out. This is also an incomplete team. I mean, this is a team that is running with one DP. You have new owners that have a ton of money. Like you have Qualtrics behind you. You have you, like there is no shortage of resources to be invested there. And obviously, you want to make sure. That's what we were talking about with Rigoni earlier. You want to make sure you're investing in DPs the correct way. But like, I think it's nearly criminal to for you to be like, hey, we're not using two of our three DP spots at this point. Yeah, and I mean the. Transfer windows open for another what month, month and a half. Yeah, maybe they have something in mind that's a long season. Uh, and I mean, we got an expanded playoff, so I mean, mildly expanded, but it 
you know, it might just be kind of like, hey, toss some stuff up in the air a little later in the season if we're in the hunt and then go for it from there. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, quite a few fans. Uh, I have a city friend who was all worried they're going to go after Firmino. And it's like, well, if we put together like a little bit of a nice run, we add him, like we could go all the way. It's like, all right, dude, three games into your MLS experience, just uh, Yeah, three games into your MLS experience and one where you've been gifted goals now in all three games. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even see the one last night. Oh, yeah, no, you should look up their um, winner last night. It was um, something else. I mean... Portland, it was legally not called an own goal, but ooh, it was sure close. Uh, but you know what? They get a real welcome to MLS next Saturday night where San Jose comes to City Park. And um, that is going to be the MLS Sickos game of the week. City Park. Okay, so that's going to be the same time as our game? Yeah, same time as our game, yeah. I have to figure out if I'm going to go watch uh, the Fire and FC Cincinnati here in person or not, or... Right now, it's projected to be 23 degrees with a 15-degree wind chill. We will see how I feel about that. Um, that might affect come. your decision just a little bit. Yeah, I know I like I like seeing FTC play. They're a fun team, but um, we will see how that goes. Yeah. Um, any other – I mean, I thought the second half there was like some – you know, we saw some subs. Gallagher moves up to left wing again. But, I mean, it was kind of like just – playing the ball out we played pretty well um I did want to highlight too Danny was doing a really good job of carrying the ball through midfield and especially dropping in and uh picking the ball up we did have some heart in the mouth moments with uh the back line and Stuber yeah but I guess we're kind of used to those at this point yeah I, I mean it's I still feel more confident I mean as a Liverpool fan I feel more confident with Stuver at the back on those type of players than I do with Allison for Liverpool which even though I guess Allison is a better goalie than Brad Stuver like let's not kid ourselves but like it is Stuver's footwork on that kind of stuff like okay he's going to do it but like he's not most of the time he's not actually going to be exposed Yeah he doesn't like chop across as much if he brings the ball back it's like through his protected foot like that's shielding the ball so somebody you know goes in and gets it they're probably gonna at least hit him enough to get a call right? Yeah. Yeah Um, I definitely watched Aaron Ramsdale do kind of an Allison impression quite a bit for no reason today really. (laughs) Yeah no I I admittedly uh, switched my second screen to the United Southampton match after you guys went up 2-0 so I did not see that but it was yeah, I mean, the Fiber game today, Mark Flecken had a ball that I actually like, had five heartbeats that skipped. Like, it was crazy. It was a back pass in the 90th minute up 2-1. And the ball, like, it, the, it hit some weird blade of grass. The ball goes up, hits his shin, hits his knee before he controls it back. And even Ooh. his own facial reaction was just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, wh- like the normal center back got hurt against Juventus on um, Thursday night. But it was still like, there's no excuse for that. No, um, it's never good when you can see it on their face. It's kind of... <laughs> And I mean, especially like, most... we've gotten to the point where at least at the Bundesliga and obviously with Apple TV now and MLS as well, where they can zoom in on the goalie's face at a point where you're just like, you get the full deer in the headlights look. You're just like, no, I don't want to see this. No, not at all. But I mean, other than that, it was pretty comfortable. I think they had a, a halfway decent header from, is it Krylotch? Yeah. At one point, but I think that was about it. I mean, there was nothing like, 70 people scrambling to clear the ball off the line. Yeah, no, there was no, there was no moment where I lost significant um, um, 
amount of heartburn, life expectancy, skipping beats, which we know does happen, especially when we are defending a one-goal lead. Like, this team is not for the faint of heart in that, but it wasn't it wasn't too atrocious of an experience last night. So we no. will take that as a victory. The only other action I really wanted to talk about comes kind of two different things after the 90th minute. Um, they did play an extra two or three minutes of stoppage time beyond what went up. Yes. Um, I was kind of surprised by that because I didn't see a reason for that. No, and uh, they almost got, you know, punished for it because Aruti goes through and he hates woodwork, so he hits that instead of scoring goals these days. Uh, I joke, he obviously scored the winner last week. Um, But the other thing is the Driussi kind of gets popped, I think, in the back of the leg, and he goes down, and we're all kind of like, yeah, he's fine. And then he gets studded or something in the ankle. I couldn't really see it on the broadcast. Uh, He stayed down, and he looked like he might have actually been hurt. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything about any follow-up from that, and hopefully it's all good to go for Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. So yeah. we'll see. I doubt they even know at this point, unless he's like, no, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but the refs seem to get, like, extremely mad at him for it. And I was like, no, but that's the one he actually got hurt on. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, but it, it, it's hard at that point of the game when you're in peak shithousing moments to mm-hmm. naturally think that, like, unless it's really bad, it's like, of course they're shithousing. Yeah, I can't blame the ref for that. Um, who I thought, you know, we kind of made our comments about the red card, yellow card. You know, maybe there's a yellow card or two I think he should have given out last night. But for the most part, I thought it was good. Any thoughts there? Yeah, no. Uh, Chilowitz did a good job last night. There's, Hey, if I am not complaining about a ref, we will take that as a victory. Yeah, I'm kind of at the, uh, if I don't know his name by the end of the game, we're probably in a good spot. Um, School of refereeing. And I mean, that's not even like in by MLS standards qualifiers. Like, no, you did fine. Good job. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit because a lot of us, this is our first live uh, Apple broadcast. Yeah. And you've done a few of these. And I found it a little bit jarring that they basically started the game five seconds into the game. Um, well, it was even weirder on my end because I was uh, watching it at uh, at AJ Hudson's, which is the top um, soccer bar in Chicago, and DirecTV um, started the match a full hour late, um, oh. so that I had to watch the first half on an iPhone, <laughs> uh, which I mean, uh, which worked, but it is a um, what you call it? It, it? it worked at that point, but it is a it's its own weird um, setup there where it was like oh. We can't get this. And, like, this is a sports bar that is used to – I mean, there was someone over at the TV next to us streaming a replay of the St. Pauli match from 13 hours earlier. Like, this (laughs) is, like, a full-on – like, we will put on any match there. And DirecTV had a time glitch, and they didn't start showing our match until halftime. Okay, so it wasn't that they, like, started the feed an hour late and, like, started you from the beginning. It was just, oh, we forgot to flip the switch. Yeah. But that that was not what happened there. Um, There was a – as we were going through everything, like, it was just like, okay, we have charged up iPhones. I guess this is what we're just going to – my friend and I were just alternating between watching on different phones. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But, like, you know what? The quality even on a – I mean, admittedly, I upgraded my phone this week, so I'm now on the 14 Pro. So as Apple continues taking over my life, that they have um, – like, the quality was fine. It was – it worked. Yeah, I mean, that's really all that matters is it worked and it, you know, at least you picked a halfway decent game to not, it wasn't, you know, throwing stuff in the stands at like uh, Frisco in the playoffs last year, trying to get a feed or anything. Yeah, um, no, no, nothing that bad. 
it just like gets me down to the very first world problem of, oh, I'm streaming the match on my phone. I can't look at Slack at the same time as doing this. But that is, again, in the world of very, very first world problems. Yeah, I don't think that's one that's uh, quite worth <laughs> it's not. complaining about too much. It's, it is not. I, I, what you call it? Um, uh, what was I going to say? As I go through that, it's like, I got home last night and it's like, you have 1,200 unread messages. I'm like, oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah, uh, that used to be a game to see how many uh, we would have after a game, but I think I quit playing that at some point, <laughs> or yeah, just guess depending on like the the viciousness of the game, whether it was you know nine hundred or fifteen hundred or what. Um, but I mean, it was. I think most of the rage got petered out by like the middle of the second half, so it wasn't quite as like, oh my god, everything needs to happen. It was a later game too, so um, yeah. probably fewer people. No, there, there were a lot. I mean, there was, I mean, for away games, there's obviously lots of comments and it was close enough. And I mean, a lot of people were at the South. I assume you didn't go to that South by event. No. Yeah. I, I figure that's not your scene. Uh, no. I mean, it looked like they had a great crowd there and it, that, that's good for, hopefully that's good for the league and getting other people that did not invest in Silicon Valley bank excited about MLS. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we have to double check. I think the EMLS thing is today. They might have uh, some money with SVB, but well, used to, I guess, is how we're going to have to say that. Yeah, uh, we but that's will. a problem for another day. I was about to say, the, uh, we will not be, su- I don't think either of us will be directly suffering from that. And let's, well, I'm sure we will all indirectly suffer from that because we all indirectly suffer from everything in this economy. Yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a big startup thing, so it might be Austin affected or team adjacent, at least for some of the fans. So um, yep. hopefully something happens and that gets all sorted out, but we'll see. Things yep. that complicated are never simple solutions and are usually much easier to break than fix. Yep, that sounds right. Okay. Um, well, I guess, you know, like the announcers were fine, like the neutral broadcasters I didn't have a problem with. Obviously, I like Michael and Adrian, but um, it's not, you know, Gary Neville calling an Arsenal game or anything. Like, it's people who are actually neutral. Yeah, um, and it's you're getting to the point. I mean, Keith Costigan called um, the Violet match for um, FS1 on Tuesday, so he gets some exposure to us. I'll be really curious as they start rotating announcers throughout the season how many that we get on repeat versus because they have 16 different crews. You have 34 matches. We haven't had repeat announced. Uh, I know that they announced the first like six weeks of announcers and like they've been trying, like some teams are getting some people twice. Like Adrian told me he's already done one San Jose match. And I think he has another San Jose match coming up soon. Like there are certain things like that, but they've gotten to a point where at least for the first part of the season, they've tried to be pretty deliberate about their scheduling to give everyone who's their homer, at least one or two home games, but for the most part, not doing that. I know Adrian will have the Adrian and uh, Kobe Jones have the call of our Colorado match in 13 days but actually i don't know who's on the call next week yet i haven't looked that up okay and they're still doing this in pairs right so anytime we have keith costigan will have moa do they're not just like flipping all these people around right yeah um yeah so like that that is that is the that is the plan but as you know all good plans um are just plans like they had in mls and Concacaf. Yeah, and like they've been doing sub switching around. Like Dunny's been with a couple different people based on East Coast West Coast schedules. Mm-hmm. I, I expect there will be some switching. Um, the Philly Chicago match yesterday had a all female crew, which I don't know if that was a first in MLS history, but um, they had both a female play by play and color commentator. And I mean, they're good. They know what they're doing. So 
who cares? Nice. But like, it's, it's, it's noteworthy. Yeah, no, that's good. It'd be nice to, I know the first time I remember at least us having a, a female ref for an Austin FC game in the middle. Um, she's like the best ref we'd ever had. So yeah. I'm hoping the, uh, the broadcasters continue that trend. Yeah, no, like if, yeah, just get, get the most qualified people out there. I don't care what gender, sex, whatever. Like as long yeah, as they weird. know what they're talking about, like good by me. Yeah. It's weird how that works out. Yeah. Um, I guess, is there any other kind of nits? We did get to see the return of the weird, like, pink and purple Stuver, and Mal- I figured the, it the, out. The, the Malibu Stew kit? Yeah, um, Malibu Stew. Yeah, you know what? As long as, he's, as long as he's making saves in it, I don't care what he's wearing. Well, I figured out where the purple comes from. There's, like, some purple shading underneath his arms that you can't, like, I definitely couldn't see in the stadium. You can't really see on TV until they do a close-up. Yeah. But that's what the uh, color on the shorts is meant to match. Okay. So it it has a modicum of sense. Yeah. Um, all good all good stories have a happy ending, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, you want to get into form? You want to give me a headline? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, as where we're going, the last thing I'll mention on fashion comments, um, I think yeah. a lot of people are really like the. Um, I don't know what what shade of Verde we want to call it, but the long sleeve undershirts that were worn by uh, the team by most of the guys last night got very favorable reviews from what I saw. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I thought they looked great, but there was one other thing. I'm glad you held me back. Um, somebody needs to talk to Alex ring about his haircut. I, I, I honestly <laughs> forget that it's Alex ring half the time because his hair is so <laughs> different than it, yeah, than it was last season. So like the goatee, I think would be fine. Like if he had a different haircut, but like the two together somehow like escalatingly make it worse. But like yes. the haircut by itself is just awful. So I don't know if any of you guys are friends with Leo can you please like have him have a word with Ring and just kind of tell him gently? Um, it's it's not great. Or maybe uh, we'll have to if we end up losing to Violette, we'll have to shave everyone's heads or something. I don't. Yeah, I was about to say if if he's winning and it's working and he's already not thrilled, normally thrilled about being a center back, he can have his hair however he wants. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I was about to say, if, if, if we are in a situation where he is getting exposed week in and week out, I might have strong feelings about this, but at this moment, I don't. It's making you less aerodynamic, Alex. We need to change it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we won't get to that point. Um, if but if we are at that head? point, the discourse is all gone down. Yeah, this show will get great ratings, but um, the actual uh, tactical portion and the fun part will be, uh, will be <laughs> a little further down the drain. Yeah. Um, all right, you want to jump in with a headline? Yeah, headline is sigh of the mountain air. Uh, let me actually let's restart this. That didn't quite work out. Um, <laughs> mountain air breathes some life into Austin FC. Okay, that's pretty good. That's very uh, Twittery, newspapery. I would, yeah. I would take that. Um, I think I'm just gonna go for did enough. And yeah. I think that's, um, it sounds like I'm kind of downplaying our performance, but that's what we need to do is like, do enough, get a win, get out of there. Nobody hopefully gets, you know, hurt, hurt. Um, we got our points. It's all fine. Um, yeah. Like I know even before we had played the Violet match or before the season started, you had marked this down as um, a zero pointer. So we ended up with three absolutely. out of that. And I mean, to be fair, I had marked down the first two matches as six-pointers, so I have us back where we would have. If you had told me at the beginning of the season we would be on six points today, I would have believed you. I just thought it would have come in a different shape. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, that's 
this early in the season doesn't matter much, but it's always nice to notch an away win. You know what? Like, right, last season it was, let's get to 50 points to make it to the playoffs and then clinch a home playoff spot and all of that. This season, probably clinching a playoff spot is likely only 45 points based on where things are at. And, I mean, that means 15 wins. So we've got two of 15 with 31 matches to go in the regular season. I'll take that any day. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to take the, the initiative and I'll go first on stock rising and I'm going to take the super, super, super easy one and take man of the match, John Gallagher, who for some reason didn't start in the opening game and has looked indispensable ever since he came onto the pitch, uh, against city. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's an obvious easy one. Did you see that there's now, um, uh, people that are starting to petition the Irish FA to see that he gets a national team call up? No, um, I didn't, but they're kind of weirdly insular about that a lot of the time. Um, like they, you know, the Irish league is definitely not as good as uh, MLS and even their like premier teams are not as good as MLS teams, like the big ones at least. So, I mean, I, I hope he does get a shot, but I wouldn't hold my breath for that at all. Yeah. I mean, if I start looking at these things that, yeah, I, like a lot of their guys are lower part of the Premier League championship, and that's like it's not necessarily like I it's just like one of those things like outside of Robbie Keane, like are they really looking at MLS for things? Yeah, and it's not like they took Robbie Keane because he was playing well in MLS. Yes, <laughs> he was already the national team captain. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, if you look at it, like yeah, I mean, like right, right now they're starter, like you're you're. Like, if we're looking at their forward line, it's Carter City, Carter City, Rotherham, Burnley, and, well, Evan Ferguson, he's an 18-year-old at Brighton, who has said, yeah, two caps. Like, it's not necessarily – I mean, yeah, your back line there, yeah, you have Matt Doherty, you have John Egan, you have guys who have been there a little longer. But it's a um, – and then Seamus Coleman's their captain. But he's he's aging out soon enough here, and we'll see if he stays in the Premier League or not. I know Seamus Coleman is old because he's actually older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> did score a great goal a couple weeks ago, though. He did, yeah. yeah. So I guess they would pull him in as a right, because I don't even know if we know what Gallagher's position is at this point, but they would pull him in as a right back? I mean, maybe? Yeah. I, I honestly have to look more at these formations, like, as I'm being cheating here and looking at the Wikipedia article of the Irish national football team, which does not break down people by center backs or wing backs. So okay. I have to do a little more research than what I can quickly do here. All right, we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much we need to say about Gallagher other than he was everywhere and he's still lung busting at the 95th minute um, yesterday. Yeah. Great goal to lead it off, leads the charge. Um, I believe that is him, his third goal involvement of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even after not starting the first game, he's still averaging over or yeah, won a game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll forget about the 30 minute shift in the Dominican, but we'll forget yeah. about that for everyone. That, that's hardly one we're going to pin on just him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to go next? Yeah. So, no, as looking through this, I mean, the other obvious one is our other goal scorer, Owen Wolf. I mean, when you get your first goal as an 18-year-old in the league, like, your stock is absolutely rising. And he did a full 90 last night and I thought was in really good shape. And he has a ton of energy. And he's uh, – you said earlier going from Teen Wolf to Man Wolf, but, like, is getting into a side where he is feeling like – he feels like an MLS starter now, which is awesome. Yeah, he does. And I mean, my only kind of creeping where he's just going to get better throughout the year too. And like, yeah. 
for people who think he's gonna like it's kind of like uh the old fifa games where it's like oh he played three games now he's like plus two that's not how it works um he's gonna probably like have a couple games where he regresses and then he might just go absolutely like ballistic on fire and get really really good yeah um could go the other way too where he could stagnate it kind of happens but i'm really hoping these are kind of like warm-ups and he gets some some minutes under him and then later in the year a he's still here and uh b he just takes off um because i think if we get him and danny's looked really really good he was my other choice for stock rising um, if we get both of them firing and we can have them on a playoff team um, and they can kind of like complement each other's roles, there's still some kind of stepping over each other right now, but yeah. uh, it's gotten better uh, definitely in this game. So if we can yeah, get that no, rolling, like, that would be great. And I, just like overall, I'm feeling better about the midfield. And I mean, Jeff will actually look solid on Tuesday. It's the only player I'd really say that about. Um, and I'll, I'll be curious to see how he's used if we play on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm very, very curious about Tuesday. Let's wrap this up, and then we'll jump yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, you want to give me your stock ru- or stock falling? Stock falling. I, even though he didn't really play that poorly, I guess I'm going to give it to Giassi Sardis. Um, like, it is hard to run at that altitude. In his, like, I feel like he, because his form is not the prettiest form that he gets – undue negative attention and yeah he should have been in some better positions for balls last night but he um, again i actually think honestly he like there's all this talk and we we spent five minutes on this podcast already talking about it Rigoni needs to score Rigoni needs to score i think really Giazzi needs to get a goal to get his his head in the right space because he is someone who is supposed to when he was signed he was supposed to be the number two leading goal scorer on this team behind you yeah, I actually almost had him as like a stock rising just because I had him pretty low from the first two games. Yeah. Um, but I'm like less, I don't know the best way to say this, I'm less anxious about it after watching last night because you could see improvement. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. He needs a goal. He needs a bunch of goals. and Or like, you know, intentionally hitting the ball towards the net with his foot or his head instead of just a couple uh, bank shots off his shins or something. Those would be great. But, I mean, if somebody wants to smack one in off his ass, great. Let's go get him off the schneid and let's get moving. I agree there. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I'm up, aren't I? I'm going to go a little interesting here, and I'm going to say Rodney Redes. Okay. Because I know it's hard for his stock to get lower, but as more and more people become, you know, first ever goal for Austin FC – it doesn't look like it's going to start happening for him anytime soon. I wonder – you know, how long he's going to be hanging around on match day rosters. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to get some center back depth before, I guess, at a certain point there. But on uh, the um, the role, um, what was I say? As everything comes in there, I'll, I'll be curious um, if he ends up stop, um, getting off those match day rosters. But at this point, if I mean, we started – I mean, Nick Lima was the emergency backup center back last night. So when you, your center backs are so low in depth, you could carry more wingers on the team. I also don't know why Hector Jimenez is getting a bench time at this point, but that's just a side that we need to build out more people into this team. Yeah, well, we just named a few depth problems. So I guess let's jump into Violette on Tuesday because I yeah. thought – you kind of mentioned pretty much everybody besides Jafal was, at least from the starters, were just god-awful last week. Uh, we talked about it, obviously, and I don't want to rehash too much, but, I mean, are we, we're recording this at right now about 
2.15 on Sunday. I mean, are we even playing? Do we know? I am not convinced we're playing this match yet. Because um, if you read the statement that was sent to Eric Goodman from CONCACAF, it was phrased in a really interesting way. It said, Violette has a sh- – actually, I should pull it up to not just go from memory, but to make sure I get the language right here. Um, it is, Do you want to let everyone know who Eric Goodman is too? Eric Goodman is the uh, reporter – the Austin City reporter at the Austin Chronicle. CONCACAF has received assurances from AC Violet that the club has obtained more than the required number of visas for first-team players to travel and compete in the um, Social Bank CONCACAF Champions League. We don't, I feel like we, we undermentioned Social Bank as the official sponsor of the CONCACAF Champions League because they – how do you sponsor a tournament and not have TV ads in both English and Spanish to do that? But I digress here. Um, round of 16, second leg match against Austin FC on Tuesday, March 14th. That, that just said that they have received assurances. That doesn't mean that they actually have proof of anything. Yeah, I mean, my little uh, contract lawyer bells are going off in my head right now. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. You can assure me all you want, but show me something with it. Um, yes. But it, isn't this kind of like, isn't this kind of ridiculous that we're, you know, 60, under 60 hours away and we don't even know if we're playing this game? Like, I don't, I'm not using this as an excuse because we got deservedly smashed on Tuesday, but you know, maybe we shouldn't have even played that leg without knowing this leg was going to play. I get it's CONCACAF, but, like, it's still a professional sports organization. Yeah, no, I made the point, because, I mean, that's what happened with the uh, Calvary um, last time, which was a little bit different of a situation than this one, but that they had gotten to a point here where it was like, okay, they couldn't play either leg, and they canceled the tie before both legs were played. Like, that makes sense there. This is... I mean, the, the, if we believe CONCACAF literally, which I don't know if we should ever believe CONCACAF literally, because like if we read the rules technically there, that we were not uh, Austin FC had to arrive in um, what you call it, had to arrive in the Dominican Republic forty eight hours before the match. Obviously, they did not do that. They arrived like twenty three hours before the match, and there was really no issues with that. So like they are Violet is supposed to submit an eighteen man roster by eleven o'clock tonight. I will hopefully be asleep by 11, unless the LAFC game is really good and I stay up and watch that. But hopefully I will be asleep by 11 o'clock tonight to not know whether that comes in there. There was a report from a journalist out of Haiti um, last night at 1025 saying that they still only have 12 visas there. This is a reporter, uh, Jean-Pierre Etienne, who um, is one of the most followed on Twitter. He has over 200,000 followers on Twitter. Not that that means anything, but it is not um, – Caleb, who has been the main reporter on this, but Caleb confirmed his reporting today as well, that they only have 12 players and two goalies and that four of their top guys have not gotten visas yet. Okay. I I just don't see how you get visas at this late of notice. And I've been starting to try to follow players on Instagram, Twitter to see if there's any proof. They're not going to be flying private like Austin FC was. Um, if I'm them, I'm probably flying today on a flight that's leaving um, Santiago pretty soon, um, going through Miami on American. So maybe there'll be people coming in late tonight. But if they're not flying in today, flying in the day before a match when you are flying commercial and you're flying internationally, that's risky. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting if we end up having to to cancel the match or they have to forfeit because of uh, commercial flight delays instead of visa issues. Yeah, would be very I mean, CONCACAF. This is, I mean, if you remember last year for the CONCACAF Nations League match where the U.S. killed Grenada, 
um, at Q2 that the Grenada team missed the connection in Miami and had to sleep on the floor of the Miami airport for a night before that game. Yeah. Like, uh, this, it's crazy, the stuff that happens, but this is well, the reality of the space. I mean, I get it, but it's not like we're asking them to confirm visas like six months in advance or anything. Okay, uh, so the Violet, as I looked on here, that there is a feed here of we are en route to Austin. So okay. they posted an Instagram story three hours ago of a plane. So that is, I don't know where this airport is. I don't see a, I assume it's the Santiago airport, but the fact that they are out of there is an interest. That, that's a good sign. But thanks yeah. for podcasts going to go do that, to be like, we are in the air, which that is, that's, I assume they're flying out of Santiago. I don't think they went back to Haiti, but what do I know? Uh, I mean, you wouldn't fly, would you? You'd just drive. Uh, what you call it? No, no, but it's a, well, yeah, I mean, I just don't know if they had to go back to Haiti or are flying out of Haiti to get to Austin. Oh, fly out of okay, I see what you're saying. I'm just like, I, I have no clue on it. I mean, that might make sense from a paperwork standpoint, but logistically it's, you know, not great. Um, and I, I don't know what the airport looks like down at either of those places to see what's going on there, but anything is really possible. Um, but at least they posted a picture. Uh, that was three hours ago. Now with daylight savings time, that's an hour ago. So if I'm looking at flight aware, you're getting a live insight into how I track these things. So that there is a, there was a couple flights to Newark that were around then. Cause it definitely looks like you're in the Caribbean when this was taken three hours ago. So they are likely on one of two flights to Newark or on a JetBlue flight to JFK if they're flying out of Santiago. Okay. And we have no additional information as we're live feeding this, whether it's, you know, just the 12 guys, if it's the full team, if CONCACAF just kind of said, screw it, bring who you can and play, you know, nine, 10 guys, what, whatever. Yeah, I have no clue here. Okay. Uh, maybe um, it'll be a surprise up until match day. Yeah. Until kickoff. Is, yeah, we will see. But I mean, the fact that they're flying is a very good sign. I do think this match will probably happen, but we will see uh, see how it goes. Well, I think especially after the first, like, we all want it to happen. Yeah. Uh, that would be not ideal if we kind of didn't end up letting them into the country. The uh, government didn't let them into the country. And after we got... Um, our asses handed to us. It smells a little bit like poor sportsmanship, even though I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. Yeah. yeah okay. So we, so, will, yeah. So we will we will let the um. It, it, I, I will turn it over to Slack in a few minutes and let the stalkers figure out wh- which airport they're out of. If we could figure out if this is out of the Port Prince Airport or out of Santiago, based there, and I've got a couple flights from there, which it, they could be on. Okay, uh, let's just do a quick little preview and let you get on doing what you're doing. Um, I guess, I assume we're going to play a pretty strong lineup. Anybody you're expecting to see rotated? Um, I am expecting not to see Ethan Finley starting, um, but I, I expect that we're going to run pretty close to a full, I mean, a lineup that's pretty, I mean, Diego will start. Um, yes. I, I, I assume Danny's going to start, who obviously wasn't able to travel for other visa-related issues. Yep. Um, I don't know if Owen or um, Je- Jeff Al did not make the 20, which makes me think that they might start him with a more top 11. 
Mm-hmm. But it's a question of if we know they're playing with 12 guys, you probably have a different lineup than if they're playing with 18. Yeah. And I, and I just don't know how you plan for that. Plan A, plan B, figure it out when you uh, get the information. But I, I, I think at a certain point, my gut would be you're going to play the lineup that you're going to play. Like I want, like some people were like, I want Drew UC coming off the bench. No, I want Drew UC starting, and I want him having a confidence-building hat trick in the first half. Yes. Like uh, I want to smash these guys. Yeah, the absolute best thing we can do is score early and then just see their heads start to hang and then um, go full bore and, like, you know, not not 4-0 because that's uh, an away goal trap waiting to happen, but, like, 5-6-7 before the 60-70th minute. Yeah. Um, get a nice cushy lead, and some of us are still having long-term heart problems over some of these games lately, so um, let's not do that if we can avoid it. Yeah. I'm with you. I think we go as many starters as we can because we're at Houston on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a road game, but. It's a road game, and obviously you want to win it um, in Houston, but, like, these guys are professionals. You don't you don't play, you, after Houston, you play one match in the next seven, I mean, it might be one match in the next 21 days if we don't take care of VLF, but mm-hmm. one match probably the next 17 days. Yeah, you play, you could play the starters this week because you don't have a midweek match next week. Yep. Yeah, and I think we did like some rotation, like you mentioned. Diego didn't start. I, I would guess Gallagher's probably not going to start, just based on the amount of go he yeah. had and zip in his step. Yeah, but I, I like Gallagher coming off the bench in this. Yeah, especially if we need something later. Um, he's a speed option against some tired guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you want to give me a prediction on the game for Tuesday? Yeah. Um, I, I think that we're going to take care of business. Like, I think that these guys are going to come out motivated. I think we'll be up a couple goals, um, in the first half. And I think we're going to win six, one, six, one. Okay. Uh, when is the one, this is an important one comes. I think there's a nervous moment, like in the second half when we're up like four nil and give up a goal and then like have to score two more. Okay. Um, not my favorite, but at least it would be a fun game to watch. I think we're going to go out on a Wagles 4-1. to one. I think they yeah. score when we're up 3 to nothing, and then we don't quite get where we need to be. Yeah. Um, but I love being wrong. It's a theme of this podcast. Yeah, no, it is. I, 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 I think especially if it's 12 guys, it's eight. if it's 12 guys, does CONCACAF even let them play? That's a good question, but I don't think you and I want to run through all the permutations and possibilities on here. <laughs> I, I think if, if there are anyone there that they're going to play is my gut. Like, Kakagav is going to bend their rules and, like, we're going to give them a shot. Well, I think that's good. If they've got enough yeah. people to, like, field a team, um, you know, there's no reason they have to have a full bench. Like, it's going to suck for them, but let them give it a shot. Like, they're up 3 nothing. It's not like yeah. they're, you know, they lost 9-0 in the first leg and now they're going to have to play with you know, two people who are actually coaches or something like that. Like, it's not going to be an embarrassment or anything. It's it's a legitimate tie. Yeah. And I would expect no matter what they do is going to kind of be, or no matter how many players they have, it's going to be maybe one guy up top and everybody else bunkered in the box, Jose Mourinho, park the bus, full style. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you mean, wanna... but it's like – Austin is a side where if they are playing park the bus, we're just going to keep hammering them at a point. And when you have – like, this is why you need Drew UC from the start. You need someone to keep filling it in there. 
Well, and the longer we go without a goal or like two goals or three goals, the more doubt we're going to have. So have your captain and your best player and your top scorer out there. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give me your uh, biggest moment of suffering from yesterday? Uh, biggest moment of suffering from yesterday was the stoppage time. It was <laughs> just getting to the point of like, okay, why are we playing an extra two and a half minutes of this? Something will inevitably go wrong. But it didn't, so I was surprised. No. Um, mine is, there's a moment in the second half where uh, I think it was Metham came on. And he's kind of going one-to-one with Gallagher um, towards the end line. And kind of there's Jocelyn over the end line. And then he like shoves him down and Gallagher grabs his shoulder, which I think it was the same one he'd hurt before. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, and, you know, there's no yellow card or anything. But um, I wasn't concerned about that at the time. It was just like, oh, no, Gallagher has turned into this like world-beating monster player. And now we're going to lose him. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, if he has anything, it's a bruise, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no. I mean, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting week to see how this all comes together. Like, yeah. Tuesday is going to be one of the – is. I predict it could be the strangest game in Austin FC history for a very long time. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we're going to play San Jose, but this is a whole other beast. This is a whole other beast. And I, I think the – I, I, it sounds like tickets have mostly sold out at this point, but I think they've done a terrible job of promoting it, having everything else. Like I- I'm very disappointed in the club's inability to explain the importance of this. Yeah. And I think this is something you'll see a lot more like kind of a family day too, because everybody's on spring break and yeah. um, there are a bunch of people like me who were like, well, I didn't think we were going to play this game because of all the reporting on it. So um, we, uh, uh, we're not going to be there. So we'll, um, We'll be watching from TV at home, but um, I was I, say, I so my... did you give up your tickets for it? Yeah, I mean, I have some people who are like, "Hey, if you're ever not going to a game, just go ahead and you know let me know." And I was like, "Fine." So it's like, "Hey, um, yeah, I'm going to bring my family. All right, have fun. Here's what's going on and why we're already down three to nothing." Yeah, <laughs> um, I did really want to be there for our first ever Concacaf Champions League game, but um, stuff gets in the way, Seth. Yeah, no, life is. I mean, heck, I'm going to be watching it on. FS actually I'll probably watch on two day NA because I don't I haven't figured out who's announcing it on FS2 and like the idea of potentially listening to Alexi Lawless again. If it's uh what you call it John Strong and Stu Holden on the call, maybe I'll listen to it on um FS2, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that's annoying because I'm almost surely gonna watch it at home and not at a bar or anything like that is knowing that I will be like forty five to fifty seconds behind on that is a tad annoying but it's what it is yeah uh eh, you kind of get used to it you just be a little more cautious about what you read and how fast you read it i guess but i mean this is the real problem with visa issues a bunch of us made other plans and now violet's not going to get a get to experience the full austin fc environment what are you doing to us Concacaf? i mean it's a tuesday night austin fc environment but i still think the supporter section will be nearly full i it will be the emptiest it has been for a major Austin FC game, but it will still be 80 to 90% full. Yeah. Uh, and it should be I assume, loud. I assume Haitian Murga is not coming. I mean, if they can't get Haitian players there, how can they get Haitian Murga? <laughs> Just grab some guys out of the band and stick them on the field. 
Yeah, I was about to say. Um, we'll see. We'll see what shows up there. They didn't did not request a formal away section. Um, it's not like they're super organized on this stuff. No. Um, all right. Well, uh, I hope we end up going with your prediction and not mine. And I hope this ends up being a laugher and we run out going, oh, ha ha! Remember that time we lost uh, Violet three nothing? Ha ha! Yeah. Hopefully, it's like, oh yeah, we lost to them. We don't want to be um, the uh, team from Trinidad and Tobago that beat the New England Revolution 4-0 in New England. Oh, no, no. That would be very bad. Yeah. I think that would be way, like, because, you know, you can kind of rationalize out in a way day in CONCACAF yes. Champions League. You lose that game at home. Yes. That could be season-destroying. But only time will tell, and we'll find yeah. out on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, as always, that's Seth. I'm Devin, and uh, thanks for suffering with us. Here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Oh, he hits the upright again. It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double point. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.